I imagine most of you have heard of and remember Charlie Brown and Lucy, you know the Peanuts comic strip? Well, a few years ago, there was one of those comic strips, and, and it pictured uh, Lucy, and she comes walking up to Charlie Brown just before Christmas, and she says, Charlie, since it is Christmas, I suggest that we lay aside all our differences and be friends for this season of the year. And Charlie Brown, he, he replies, and he says, that's a great idea, Lucy, but why does it have to be just this time of year? Why can't we be friends all year long? And Lucy, she looks at Charlie with a, a look that only she can give, and she says, what are you, a fanatic or something? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we actually started to practice the things that we sing about at Christmas time? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could take this Christmas spirit with us all through the year? When it comes to Christmas, I think of the, how it affects us and think of the hymn, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. You know, I've heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Yet pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. And it wouldn't be great if we could somehow take this Christmas spirit with us? The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men? Wouldn't it be great if somehow this Christmas spirit, this, this thing from November to, to Christmas morning, if we could somehow how take that with us and carry it into 2024 and all year long? You know, if you, if you like Christmas music, somewhere around Thanksgiving, Christmas music starts, then some of the stations start playing it, and some of them play it 24-7, and it goes until December 25th. December 26th, you're hard-pressed to find a radio station that will play Christmas music. It's like it's gone. What if those of us who talk about peace on earth during December actually started to practice it? What if all of us who talk about goodwill to men, we suddenly began to, to put that into practice, but not only put it into practice, but recruit other people to, to do along with us? Think of how different our world would be now, someone, they once compared Christmas to skydiving. And she's not here today, but I told her that I was doing this and stuff. Lacey. Lacey is the only person I know of who has actually taken off in an airplane and ridden in an airplane, but never landed in an airplane. Lacey has only ridden in an airplane one time, and she jumped out of a perfectly good airplane. So Lacey, if you watch this, hopefully you can relate and tell me if this is true. But Christmas is a, is a lot like skydiving. You see, in Christmas, you get this sense of, of freedom. This excitement that you feel when you jump out of the airplane, and you jump out of the airplane, and you're free-falling toward the earth. 
And you can feel the, the breeze, the wind as it's blowing in your face, the exhilaration of that. And you can look and you can see for miles and miles all of God's creation, the world that God created. But the earth, the earth, it is rushing towards you as you're looking down to it. And so you pull that ripcord and your parachute opens and you're, you're jerked. And then you land down onto the ground with a jolt. But you see, for a brief moment, you felt the wonderful exhilaration. And then plop, you are on the ground and you are face to face. Again, back to the humdrum of everyday life. Is that what's happened to Christmas? Christmas, it is a wonderful time. And then plop, it is face to face with reality once again. As we think about Christmas and the Christmas season, what about the shepherds? You know, they heard the angels there at night and they went and they saw the baby Jesus there in the manger. Did that Christmas make any difference in their lives? What about the wise men who followed the far and they came from the east? They came to Jesus and they bowed down to worship. They brought him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now I'm convinced that when they saw Jesus, their lives were never quite the same again. Certainly life was never the same again for Mary and Joseph. You see, they now had a baby that they had to take care of and their lives were forever changed. 2019, COVID hit and things shut down. Lisa was working from home. Teo was born. Matter of fact, Teo's birthday is in nine days from now. And he'll be three years old. Things started to open up again and Haley had to go back to work. And since Lisa was working from home, they said, hey, can, can you help to watch Teo? Teo was three months old. He started coming over to the house, and at three months old, a baby sleeps an awful lot of time, and so Lisa, Lola, Lisa says, yes, I'll, I'll take care of him, and so we, we rearranged our house, our living room and everything, and, and had a, a crib thing set up there for him, and she could work and watch him, and since then, Teo has grown up in our house. He's been there since he was three months old. And in that time, Lisa and I have had the privilege the honor, Tim and Haley have allowed us to, to help raise him, to mold him and to shape him. Today he is here, and many of you have heard him, you've seen him, his very first Sunday to come to church, and I asked Haley, hey, is it okay if Tim comes with us, if, if Teo comes with us? And she said, sure, he could come with us. Um, Delaney volunteered to, to help watch him. She's actually kind of been looking forward to it. Um, but what an awesome privilege it is but what a daunting responsibility it is to, to help to, to raise Teo. To make sure he knows about Jesus, he's actually rearranged our nativity for us. Um, and, and just the, the things he talks about and to sing to him. And we sang to him a little bit earlier, you know, Jesus loves me. But when I sing it to him, I actually add a second verse. And the second verse is, Jesus loves Teo. Yes, he does. For the Bible tells us so. Teo to Jesus does belong. Teo might be weak, but Jesus is very strong. Yes, Jesus loves Teo. Yes, Jesus loves Teo. Yes, Jesus loves Teo. The Bible tells us so. And, and so I'll sing both verses to him all the time. 
And what a responsibility it is. And I imagine, and I think of, of Mary and Joseph, a young couple. And they must have felt that, that responsibility, but in an even greater way. Because the child, the child that they held in their arms, the child that they had, it was God's son. They were responsible for raising God's child. The late Irma Bombeck, in her book, If Life is a Bowl of Cherries, Why Am I Always in the Pits? She recalled the legend of a church where the chimes, they, they rang miraculously whenever someone gave a generous gift. But you see, the chimes, they hadn't rung for a long time. Even though kings and potentates, they had come with gifts of gold and silver and precious gems, the chimes had not rung for a long, long time. But one Christmas Eve, a little peasant boy came down the aisle and he knelt before the altar. And as he thought about the Christ child laying in a manger, he took off his tattered coat and he laid it there on the altar. And when he did, the chimes rang loud and joyously. Irma, she continued and she wrote, I've heard the chimes ring too. I remember a Christmas when one of my sons brought me a piece of tattered construction paper on which he had tried to draw a picture of praying hands and underneath the picture he had written, Oh, come, holy spit. When I saw that, she said, I heard the chimes ring and I knew that a very special gift had been given. On another occasion, she says, I received a shoebox all clumsily wrapped. When I opened it, I found two baseball cards and a piece of gum. Again, I heard the chimes ring. I heard the chimes ring the time when the kids got together and they cleaned the garage and gave that to me as their Christmas present. Those days are long gone, she remembers. Days when we fashioned lace doilies into snowflakes and pipe cleaners into Christmas trees, those days are long gone. I remember little feet coming down the stairs with a handmade gift all wrapped in $2 worth of wrapping paper to put underneath the Christmas tree. Those feet, they now wear pantyhose and fashion boots. Little hands that used to break the piggy bank to get 59 cents to go and buy a Christmas gift. They now hold credit cards, which are good in any store in the town. You see, we'll have a good Christmas this year, she wrote. We'll eat too much. We'll make a mess of the living room. We'll even put bows on the dog's tail. We'll take bites out of cookies. We'll listen to Christmas songs and have a good Christmas. But Lord, what I wouldn't give to bend over one more time and receive some toothpicks held together by library paste and to hear the chimes ring just one more time. You see, it is in our homes. And our homes are important because it is at home that we not only talk about love and trust, but we learn to live with love and trust. It's at home where we talk about peace and goodwill to men. 
but we also learn to live it there. We teach that and model that to our children. Then they can go out into the world as ambassadors of peace. But if they don't learn peace, they'll go into the world and they'll be angry. They'll be upset at themselves and at everyone else. You see, home is a place where we mold and fashion little people into big people who will one day mold and fashion the world in which they live, in which they are a part of. And wouldn't it be wonderful if all of us took this message of Christmas and we made it a a permanent part of our lives? We put it into practice all year long? Wouldn't it be something if we would take this message of Christmas wherever we went? Now, I know it's not fashionable and it's not really politically correct today. See, we're told that you, you can't mix church and state. You somehow have to keep a church and state separate. Somehow you have to try to put your religion into a box and, and only take it out on Sunday morning when you come to church or some other time when you're here at church. So you're not supposed to pray in school. You're not really supposed to talk about God at work. But what a, a difference it would make if we did take Christ into the marketplace or into our workplace or to our schools or wherever it is we happen to be going. Not just leave him laying in a manger. What a difference he would make. Jesus can also make the difference in our lives. I know there are people out there who preach what I would say is, is a, a, a false teaching or a false doctrine. You know, they say that if you become a Christian, then God will take care of everything else. He'll make you healthy. He'll, he'll make you wealthy. Things like that. Prosperity gospel. And there are some people who, who take that prosperity gospel and, and they make it the, the foundation of their faith that, that once you become a Christian, God will make you healthy and he'll make you wealthy. But see, then when that doesn't happen to them, they lose their faith. See, God never promised that. Matter of fact, Jesus said we would, in this world, we would have problems. We would have trouble. But not to worry because he has overcome the world. God never made the promise to Mary and Joseph that everything would be okay, that they would be healthy, that they would be wealthy. You see, it was sometime after Christmas. The wise men, they showed up. And when they came, it was an exciting time again. But soon came a time of hardship for Mary and for Joseph. You see, they had to flee from Bethlehem and they had to flee to Egypt. And that brings us to our scripture this morning. I'm going to ask you, if you would, please to stand. We are going to read through Matthew chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 13 through 16 and then verses 19 through 23. Again, at any point in time of this, if you cannot stand or if you need to sit down, then by all means, go ahead. But our scripture reads like this. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. 
So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. At verse 19, after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who, are trying, those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, that he would be called a Nazarene. Thank you. You may be seated, and may the Lord bless the reading of his holy word. You see, finally, when they are able to make their home there in Nazareth, do you think that life for them was a bed of roses? Do you think that when they finally are able to make it back to Nazareth, that life is easy? I'm sure it wasn't. Once they got there, they had to find a place to stay. They had to pay bills. They, they had to buy food. They had to go through the monotonies of life, the everyday things of life. Not only that, they lived in a conquered land under the iron fist of Rome. They must have even had times when, when they would have been worried, anxious, maybe even afraid of what would happen with the tension and the turmoil that was taking place. In fact, at some point along the way, Joseph is no longer there. We don't know when it happened. We don't really know when or, or how he died. But you see, there came a time when Mary found herself without a husband without a father in the home to help raise the children. I'm sure life wasn't easy. It was hard. And I wonder, I wonder if in those times, Mary ever felt that somehow maybe God had forgotten about them? But let's bring it here today right now. How about us? We have our problems too, don't we? We've experienced hardships, financial difficulties. We've shed our tears. We've been touched by illness and by death. Life hasn't been easy for us either, has it? But Jesus in our lives is the one thing that makes all the difference. That gives us a solid foundation, the strength to endure to even overcome at times. So the real work of Christmas, it's not over. Matter of fact, it is just starting. Howard Thurman, he wrote a poem, When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, then the real work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to lift the brokenhearted, 
to feed the hungry, to visit the prisoner, to rebuild the nation, to bring peace among brothers and sisters, to make music in the heart. That is the real work of Christmas. Yeah, we'll soon take down the Christmas trees. We'll take all the the decorations and everything down. We'll put it into storage boxes, put it into containers, store it away for another year. All the presents, they will have been unwrapped. The suspense, it will be over. But may the music linger. May the song of peace and goodwill be in our hearts forever. I know through this Advent season, the worship team, which, which I normally do, come in afterwards, and, and we start to try to come up with songs, and, and we get this idea, well, well, this isn't really a Christmas song, but isn't every song we sing in church a Christmas song if it's about Christ? Shouldn't we be able to sing Christmas songs all year long? My prayer is that our homes, our church, will be found, filled with sounds of excitement of Christmas throughout the entire year. May we take this message, this message from this Advent season, this Christmas season, so that all the world can be touched just as we have been touched. As I've done through this Advent, this Christmas season, our altars are open. If you have never, ever accepted Jesus Christ, if if you have never asked Jesus into your heart, All you have to do is believe, confess them with your mouth. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry that I have sinned. Would you please forgive me? What better way to start a new year? Kick off 2023, leave it behind you, and look forward to 2024. Then a new life, a new beginning. And I realize that most of us here, most of us here are believers, we're followers. But wouldn't it be amazing if if we could say, in the coming year, I want even more of you. Jesus, I want want a closer relationship with you. I want to have a, a more intimate relationship with you. I want to get to know you better than I ever have before. Our altars are open. If you want somebody to pray with you, if you come up, you can pray here. If you just want to come forward, if you'd be bold enough to come forward and say, yes, in 2024, I want more of Jesus. I want a closer relationship. I would invite you to just come up here and stand.